Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. By no one's demand but our own and from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios here in sunny, hot as hell, but still scenic, Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast powered by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford and brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville. So, we have already overcome adversity this morning on the podcast. Happy Tuesday to all of you out there in the podcast-consuming world. The power has been out at my home, which means that my home office, my recording studio, that the boys at AZ Sports have built here for me has been inoperable up until this moment. But we have survived, we have thrived, and we are bringing you the podcast in good time. We bring you today Alan Bell of CBS Sportsline and, of course, A to Z, and Joe Rexroth of The Athletic and 1025 The Game because the controversy regarding Vanderbilt baseball and NC State has been roiling over the weekend and well into the week of sports conversation. Now, it is important to note that we did tape this podcast prior to Vandy taking an 8-2 to victory over their opponent in the College World Series, Mississippi State, the Vandy boys getting it done in uh, in very easy fashion, to be honest with you, based on how that went down yesterday. An absolute rout. Um, and really, Vandy putting on a show in a way that we expect them to, not like the initial game against Stanford that we saw where they were kind of stumbling all over themselves leading up to this point and then kind of gutting it out in against NC State in the one game that they were allowed to play with a 3-1 to one win. But before I get too into the details, we will tell you about the details of what's happening at Two Rivers Ford. Uh, now, what's new at Two Rivers Ford these, these days? A lot, actually. If you haven't been following Ford lately, they've introduced some amazing vehicles. The all-new 2021 F-150 with a power onboard generator, the 2022 all-electric F-150 Lightning, the Ford Maverick pickup, the all-electric Mustang Mach-E, and of course, my personal favorite, the 2021 Ford Bronco. When it comes to technology, Ford is cutting edge. For example, the Ford Pass app syncs with your vehicle, lets you start your car from your phone, and alerts you when you need service. The new Fords are loaded with technology, but honestly, what makes Two Rivers Ford the best Ford dealer around is what isn't new. And that's the fact that they've been giving their customers the same honest upfront pricing and unparalleled buying experience since 1983. So if you're in the market for a vehicle, contact one of the non-commissioned salespeople at Two Rivers Ford and see what Ford has to offer. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. 
Let's get to Alan and Joe. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast. Uh, It's been a while since we've had Alan Bell of CBS Sportsline on. This is a terrible indictment of me to wait this long to have my friend back, but there's a lot of things going on in the local sports uh, scene that Alan Bell has been very passionate about, so we're happy to welcome him back. What's going on, my brother? What's up, buddy? It's good to be back, man. Appreciate you having me. Anytime. So outside of, uh, and by the way, you can hear and watch Alan's A to Z Sports Picks show every Tuesday and Friday at 2 p.m. Him and Brian Edwards have been doing an exceptional job with that on top of everything else that Alan is doing. Um, so I guess, Alan, we're going to talk about the College World Series today before, prior to game one being played. We are recording this on Monday afternoon for those of you who will receive it on Tuesday. And I guess, Alan, just your general thoughts on what the hell the NCAA did to NC State and to Vanderbilt leading up to this place where we now find themselves, find Vandy advancing in a best of uh, three series against Mississippi State for it all, but having a, a no contest in the middle of all that that sparked great controversy around sports. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Like, uh, let me say this. It's like an onion. They're like, five or six layers to this thing, different conversations that we need to have. But the first one is this, is that the only people that I've seen that haven't accepted any blame whatsoever is NC State, right? Like, I understand going into this, all eight teams understood the deal. If you came in vaccinated, you wouldn't be tested. Okay, so theoretically, the NCAA is actually being pretty progressive here and saying, look, we're going to end the COVID testing in sports, if you come in vaccinated now, if you know, it's a personal choice, not putting it on anybody, do what you do. But if you're a coach and you're NC State's coach and you've got players that are you know not vaccinated, well, you're taking that risk. You're playing with fire and they got burned with it. Right. Seven other teams aren't dealing with this. They're the only team that is dealing with this. So it looks even worse that it's just one team. So, again, I'm not saying anybody has to take the vaccine, whatever. I don't even care about having that conversation. But what I'm saying is, is that if you hand, say, Nick Saban, a 100 percent controllable on this situation, do you think he's taking that risk? No, not at all. Ryan Day at Ohio State. No, not at all. So that's my thing is that they played with fire. They got burned. Sorry, I hate it for you, but that's what happens, man. So, I mean, you know, you take that. But then I think it goes to the other conversation of if you're, you know, a head coach in the NFL, uh, college football, college basketball, whatever, um, is this a competitive advantage? If you're a team that is fully vaccinated or you're a team saying, look, our travel party will only be vaccinated members. Sorry, but we can't take that risk. Is that going to be a competitive advantage this season? I think that it is, but I give the NCAA credit. Like they were actually being pretty progressive here and saying we have a path to end COVID testing and we don't have to deal with it anymore. We weren't even talking about COVID at the College World Series. It never came up once, right? And then one team gets it and suddenly, you know, Tim Corbin's in a cave planning this. But yeah, I mean, it was just craziness, man. Uh, we welcome in on that note somebody who looks to be joining us from a cave, Joe Rex Road of the <laughs> Athletic and 1025. Hello, Joseph. I'm very proud of you for figuring out how to zoom in on your phone. This is a great step for you. An old man cave. And look, you got some wrapping paper over yeah. there. Yeah. 
like various i mean this is yeah like this is handheld camera work right here this is like blair witch project stuff so good to be with you well it is and let me say this joe i like that you have wrapping paper ready to go presents can happen at any time so it's a fantastic way to live your life you know Right. And the funny thing is, like, I have been bribing people to wrap presents for me, like, for my entire life. And I still just give either, like, in a gift bag, you know, with a little bit of paper on top or whatever. Yeah. But there are other people in this house who actually know how to use that stuff. So that's nice. No, the gift bag with a little bit of a uh, little bit of the tissue paper on top of it. That is the way to go. It's hugely efficient. Right. Gift giving process. Uh, Vanderbilt, whether you want to consider them to have been given a gift or not in the way that they are able to advance the College World Series, Joe, um, uh, Alan was just uh, stating something that is really not being discussed enough and that the idea NC State is the only people or the only entity in all of this that has not shown any uh, ounce of accountability for the circumstances that have befallen them. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen much. Now, granted, I also I'm not going to blame the actual NC State people for the stupid that's been going around, like about Corbin and you know Vanderbilt's role. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Um, the bottom line is, as Alan laid out well there, I mean, y- you know the deal, and this is it's very easy to forget about this and move on because if you are vaxxed as a team, then you're just basically exempt from, uh, you know, from the testing until there's something that triggers it. So um, I, I mean, I, that's true. I mean, I have not really seen anything from the NC state side. NC. Why am I struggling with this? NC state <laughs> side um, that even just says, sorry, fans, you know, I mean, it's, and it's touchy. I understand it, but I also don't get like Cliff Avent just ask about the vaccination and going into like ideology. I mean, it's it's a choice, but it's a choice that affects other people. It's medicine. It's a virus. I mean, it really is that simple. Uh, Some people can't separate it. And here we go again. Well, and that's that was my biggest thing. Like, I was so happy that this happened on a Saturday so that we all didn't have to walk into our various jobs on Monday or excuse me the next day and immediately just be washed over with this. Like we've at least had a couple of days to decompress because we all knew that this was exactly where it was going to spiral because it becomes not just about the, the athletic event or the kids playing on the, on the field of play or the universities involved, but it becomes, you know, the politicization, politicization, politicization. I can't even say the word I'm making Rex road. It's whatever. Uh, We both talk for a living. So it's a good thing that we can't talk. Moral of the story being you see people using their political opinions to and and using this example as a way to further their political opinions in a way that is completely unnecessary and completely missing of the point but like on on and this is on both sides because alan i saw that you and steve cavendish were having a a a dialogue back and forth on this that kind of resulted from what i i did not understand why steve felt the need to get out there with this kind of opinion this strident of an opinion on the idea that basically this is some kind of karmic justice uh, against nc state that this would befall you know that this would befall them based on the way that the coach was talking about you know indoctrinating players and and kind of overblowing the situation when he simply asked about vaccination uh, and i and i would have had steve on if uh, if he would have been if he would have been available 
to talk about this, but basically like that, what, what is that helping on either side of things? Because that was not a position that I could understand. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that's where, you know, like we said, there, there are five or six different conversations that we can have throughout this, right? Like NC state had some controllables that they didn't take care of. They played with fire. They got burned. Now, we could also say, did the NCAA handle this correctly? I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to make those decisions. You know, I, I, I don't know. But could things have been pushed back? But, you know, like you're saying with his comment, yeah, I, I don't agree with that either. Like, th there's no malice behind this whatsoever. I hate it for them. I hate it for the kids. I hate it for the coach. I mean, this is legitimately a likely one-time thing that you might ever get to accomplish in your life and it gets ripped away. I, I, there's no ill will malice whatsoever. I absolutely hate it. So I agree with you and, and you know, not, not, you know, throwing Steve under the bus or anything. I, I love Steve, but you know, I, I wasn't with that comment. I was, however, you know, when the coach was asked about it and he immediately launched into indoctrinations. Look, I understand what those talking points mean. Uh, I, I let that slide a little bit, but also I can recognize what he's doing with that as well, but we're going to let that part go. Uh, but no, man, like there's no malice whatsoever. I hate it for these kids. And I didn't understand people that were blaming the NCAA thinking like that they wanted NC state out. They were the biggest story of the year, right? Like, I mean, that was legitimately the story of the college world series. And they're going to do that to put in a private school with 6,000 students to where 5,000 have maybe never been to a baseball game. No, like Vanderbilt's not bringing in ratings like that. Right. So I didn't buy into that either, but long story short, no, nah, man, like there, there's no malice. I, I agree with you on that. There, there's, there's none of that. And we don't need any of it. We we've got plenty enough to discuss with it. Indoctrination being the buzzword of college baseball, like critical race theory, I guess, in this country at this point, Rex. Rose. Yeah, man. You know, it's just one of those things to where as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, God, like, all right, anything else? Can we please talk about the, the death penalty? Anything but this? Like, can we just discuss something else? So, yeah. So, Buck, you're throwing critical race theory because you know you're, you're going to get me all fuming here. Don't you? <laughs> oh, right, That's what I did. These these lawmakers who want to like ban it and they're like what is it well you know i i, I saw a tweet and, uh, <laughs> you know it's uh i mean the dumbass bullshit around that I, I don't even but no look i agree like i don't i don't like to i don't like to um you know, look at this like you know some karmic payback or whatever i mean it's a mistake though i mean it's a mistake they made in terms of like they left themselves open and i think probably more people are willing to go there and i'm with you alan i, I don't like that either i think that that again then we're trying to turn it into the discussion it shouldn't be but i think more people are probably more willing to go there based on the coach's comments right i mean because then all of a sudden it brings it into i mean you got now again like i mean i wrote about this mississippi state senator who's like america against vanderbilt let's go you know it's like no <laughs> They got vaccinated. They're evil or whatever. I mean, it's like, yeah, let's just get that shit out of here. Yep. Uh, so, so to that end, I mean, what, how do you, how, how should we be viewing this Vanderbilt team? Because immediately the conversation, because we're dumb in sports and this is where we gravitate towards, is there an asterisk next to the College World Series final? And should Vanderbilt, if they win, have an asterisk next to their season? Like, how should, how should we, Rex Road, be running Vanderbilt through the proper perspective? Well, look, I mean, Vanderbilt, I, I mean, some people are going to put it on there. I mean, there's tons of examples of teams that won championships because the other team lost their best player or someone along the way got shocked in the bracket uh, or whatever. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of forfeits, so it's different. But, I mean, Vanderbilt is 
done what's in front of them. They've, they've played what's in front of them. It sucks. It sucks. for. I, mean, I was really looking forward to that game. Vanderbilt was looking forward to that game. NC State was looking forward to that game. No one wanted that game to not be played. And, you know, Allen brought up an interesting point. You know, if Mississippi State was going to be awarded the national championship, and that's what Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball reported, that it, you know, his reporting talking to the NCAA people, they were – they were if NC State won Friday and then all this happened, it was just going to be Mississippi State was going to be the champions. To me, so now you're, I mean, obviously you're not uh, deferring to your television inventory. So what would be wrong with pushing things back here? I, I don't know, and I think you could make the case now to do that. But um, just from Vanderbilt's perspective, they've played what's in front of them. If they beat Mississippi State twice, I mean, Tim Corbin's not going to be known as a guy with two and a half national championships. He's going to be known as a guy with three, and that's all there is to it. I uh, I love that Kendall Rogers. If if you haven't checked, if the audience hasn't checked that out, d1baseball.com. He did some exceptional reporting on this. He's probably the person who's been closest. I mean, he is closest to the sport of any media covering it on a day to day basis. But the insights in there and the timeline and how the NCAA went about their decision um, was was really really interesting and informative to read. Alan, to that point though, I mean, the NCAA. You mentioned it being a progressive approach. I still can't help but look at this and say what they the initial the initial event on Friday when they got wind and in fact when Darren McFarland reported that they uh, that there were issues earlier in the afternoon that day with NC State relating to COVID and that it would have some effect on the game they it shocks me that the I that the solution was to delay the game by an hour and still run out the vaccinated players versus Vanderbilt only to go through the testing process that they did ultimately with NC State and with Vanderbilt on Saturday night, give get the results back late into the evening and then early into Saturday morning where they're putting out a statement on their Twitter handle saying, oh, no contest, NC stay out, Vanderbilt moves on. How, how through 17 months do we not, uh, 17 months of COVID affecting sports, how the hell do we not have more cohesive planning from the NCAA when it comes to events like this? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'll throw it back to it. How, how do we have still have a team like NC State <clears throat> that's dealing with this when seven other teams figured it out? Now, I'm not saying that the NCAA is correct, but I'll give them this, and you guys all know it. You know, when, when you're working live uh, on your radio shows, like, things happen. And when big things happen, you don't have a lot of time to really make decisions. And, and when you've got other people that you've got to run testing through, et cetera, I, I mean, this, this whole thing played out live in front of us. <clears throat> Quite frankly, I think that the media and, and Twitter knew about these illnesses before the NCAA seemed to, right? Like, I mean, it was just craziness, and we saw it play out over and over. So, I mean, if I'm the NCAA, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to tell you at 1.30 in the morning as soon as we find out? Or do you want me to wait and then you blast me for like conspiracy, you know, conspiracy something of holding on to it and trying to, you know, cook up a narrative? There, there's just really no good answer. Um, but, but you know, again, I go back to, and, and it sounds like I'm just bashing NC State and I'm trying not to, but it goes back to the, you know, the NCAA saying, here is a foolproof plan. We are putting it in your hands. You can control this. Seven teams figured that out. One didn't. Yeah, and I would agree. I think the biggest way it comes off as a cluster is, you know, just the communication. And that's that's where I'm most disappointed with the NCAA, but also not surprised. But, 
you know, when it's a press release at 2.10 in the morning. And I just, look, there are privacy matters here, but you don't have to violate those to give some some explanations and not just leave it to like the coaches to try to explain what the hell just happened. Right. Uh, but again, I would, I would direct anyone to Kendall Rogers story and he went through the timeline and it's really interesting because, you know, this actually was NC state with some sick kids on Monday talking about that and then asking for testing to make sure they could get someone back. And I mean, Avent thought as of, you know, the, the game interviews um, Friday that this testing was actually going to lead to a complete or at least more complete roster. And then instead it's the other way around. Um, I mean, it's like, it does seem very, I mean, it seems very convoluted. I mean, you got like guys who can't get back to the stadium in time and things like that. It just, it does seem very ragtag, but I think you're right, Alan. I mean, it is, uh, it's a chaotic situation. Um, when you read through how it all went down, there are a lot of elements to it. None of them, shockingly, I think Kendall must have forgot the paragraph about where Tim Corbin made sure this all happened and then insisted he would never play an unvaccinated team and, you know, <laughs> went and took his ball and went home. That, he forgot that part of the story. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, I, I, the communication was my biggest issue with this. Right. And I, and I think, you know, I, sh the expectation shouldn't be of the NCAA to handle these, th these things perfectly. Nobody has a perfect solution to any of that. I'm just, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm biased in a way where I naturally think that the NCAA is just largely a useless organization <laughs> that is supposed to govern collegiate athletics and does it extremely poorly, if at all, because I go back to football season and this was the first instance where leagues and teams and, and governing bodies were having to figure out in sports, whether they could even get their seasons off the ground. So I, I want to be understanding in that regard too, but the NCAA solution under that circumstance was to let the conferences decide when that is such a stupid idea going, you know, somebody, somebody is uh, for a local tie, Brady breeze, the Titans draft pick out of Oregon who just ended up here in the seventh round, opted out of the Pac-12 season because the Pac-12 and the NCAA's messaging on whether they would play a season was so convoluted and screwed up that he did not think it was in his best interest. And by the time he was given the option to play again, it just didn't make sense because they'd already made the preparations for him to not play a season. That was what it was reminiscent of to me in watching the, the scramble drill that basically took place. And then as Rex Rhodes saying, the communication is left to the coaches to be able to get this message across to the media. And the NCAA is taking a hands-off approach with it. I'm, I'm totally with Alan and, and Joe in, in, in saying that, you know, this is, it's a competitive advantage deal. You, you make a small mistake on the field. You make a bad call on third down. You do something that puts your team in a position to fail Another team is going to exploit that. The competitive, the, the inherent nature of the competition is going to exploit that. Not getting vaccinated is a big part of that because you have the ability to control the situation and it was left uncontrolled. And now it finds them ending their season in a way that uh, they want to complain about. And I just think it's, it's, it, it's, it's screwed up on many different levels, but I, I yeah, can't, look, I can't get over the NCAA's fault in this. Oh, no. And look, no, nobody's just, you know, abolishing the NCAA of, hey, they did everything great. No, not at all. I'm with you guys. Now, I do ask the question of this, and let's let, let's take it to a local perspective, because I could guarantee you every single football, basketball, baseball coach, whatever in the country, college, NFL, you name it, has been watching this situation play out, right? 
all of them. I guarantee you that. So let's keep it at a local perspective here. Buck, you're Mike Vrabel. Okay. Now, (laughs) what do you do with this situation? You have a season coming up to where you're going to be pretty good. You're going to compete for the division. Theoretically, you're competing for a Super Bowl. Your team is in that category of teams that can do it. Okay. Now, you're not going to force vaccinations on on people, but what do you do with that? Do you, you know, tell the team and tell, you know, staff members, travel party, whoever, and say, look, I'm not going to force anybody because I can't legally, whatever, but we cannot take that risk. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how that portion plays out. And especially we've seen NFL teams, the Buffalo Bills being one of them to where they have a lot of players saying, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, deal with this, you know, vaccination, their quarterback being one of them. I ask you, man, like, you know, if you're Mike Vrabel, how do you handle this situation? Because you kind of just got the blueprint of the risk that can happen. What do you do with it? Well, Mike's Mike's on record as being vaccinated and saying that it needs to be easier. Uh, the NFL needs to make it easier to get the players vaccinated. Um, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's a good hypothetical because that's what the NFL is dealing with. I mean, I know for a fact that well, well under 50% of the Titans players are vaccinated and that has the potential to affect competitive advantage whether they're separating them in the facility and allowing them to practice together or not i mean the best that you can do in this position is not you know not speak in indoctrination terms but bring the proper medical effect like ron rivera tried to do with the washington football team that got montez sweat in a whole bunch of trouble bring in somebody to educate these guys and hope to god that they receive the messaging or just process the information in their own terms now it doesn't help that Montez Sweat doesn't seem to know what the fuck a vaccine is when he's talking about why would I treat COVID if I haven't had COVID yet just fundamentally understanding what the hell vaccinations are in the in the in the effort to prevent preventative measures against disease so you know you can't fix stupid but uh, or Cole Beasley or whatever the hell is happening. But this is a fight that the NFL is going to have on their hands because the, pl- the, the coaches, regardless of their vaccination beliefs, they're going to do it because it means it's easier to get their jobs done. And that's what they're about. The players yeah. are looking at this largely, though, and thinking, you know, you're asking professional risk takers to further consider a risk that they can't see in front of their faces. And a lot of them are choosing not to not to do it because they don't fear it. Yeah. yeah, And let me say this uh, one more point. And then, yeah, uh, Joe, uh, obviously, you know, jump in on this, but from the NCAA saying, look, you know uh, what their, you know, I guess whatever their standard was for an outbreak with NC state, right. Four or eight, I guess, you know, in their total, you know, party or whatever, again, not to, you know, act like I love the NCAA, but where we're at now with this, we've dealt with it for almost two years or a year and a half, whatever it is. I do appreciate the fact that the NCAA and probably the NFL and probably every other league college football as well is saying, look, we are giving you a blueprint of how to be safe and be healthy. And also we're giving you the answers to the test to get COVID testing out of here. Understand that when we do this, we're all trying to move forward and be done with it. But there are no more. Uh, we're waiting three weeks and giving teams by. You're just done. Like if you can't make the game, you're done. We're not waiting for you. We're not sitting here so you can decide what you want to do. We got to move forward as an organization. 
I kind of appreciate that because I think that's the only way that we move forward in, you know, not doing what we did last year. The NFL schedule is all crazy. So, yeah, I'll stop there. But I kind of appreciate that approach. Yeah, I mean, it's look, this is going to be an ongoing story. Um, They are going we're going to we're going to have a feel for like which teams are more vaxxed than other teams. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, look, these guys obviously can get through a year doing zoom stuff i mean shoot the titans played their best game when they like no practice you know yeah <laughs> yeah literally yeah you know but the, the 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 difference will be when guys obviously have to miss games and stuff like that and that's going to happen and i don't know the answer other than like i really appreciate it yeah buck you bring up montez sweat it's like okay here's an expert with all kinds of information well i don't appreciate that i'm trying to find out more about this wait wait I, no i'm trying to give you information. I mean, you know, you don't want to know, you don't want to know the information. Cole Beasley, you don't want to acknowledge that like, this is again, a choice. Sam Darnold saying that he's going to do more research on his own. Shut the fuck up. You're not doing your own research, Sam Darnold. You've clearly made a decision and you just don't want to do it. That's fine. Be honest. Don't say that you're going to spend the time. Sam Darnold is not peeling through medical textbooks, trying to figure out epidemiology on his own. He's just not. Dr. Sam going through cultures, you know, with the microscope to, to try to unlock this puzzle. I mean, it's, it's a personal choice, no doubt. And it's a personal choice that affects other people. I mean, it's so, but um, I appreciate like what Roger Saffold, like, for example, like that was, look, man, I know this isn't simple. This is a vaccine that went through really fast. I think it's completely fair for people to wonder about it and to have questions and to be unsure. And like you said, Buck, if you're not, afraid of covid you know it's like so why so why do i need to do this but i mean i appreciate saffold like kind of walking us through his thought process which is kind of like unsure and kind of leaning toward doing it getting more information actually earnestly caring to be informed and try to figure it out i mean it's not easy for any of us all this shit we don't i mean this whole world has been trying to learn this thing as we go and uh, you know unfortunately some of the discussions around it are just incredibly stupid but um, it's going to be really interesting to see how many guys come around, but I think there's going to be a lot of teams where, you know, you're going to be well short of the threshold and you're going to be, uh, going to be missing guys. And some teams are probably going to benefit from that. I look forward to uh, betting lines being affected by how many percentage of players are vaccinated or not. Wow. The over under on the vaxes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities with a lot of props yep. here. Yep. Right. I'm going to slide in the DraftKings Sportsbook app as soon as we're done and do that exact <laughs> same thing. Alan Bell of CBS Sports Line and the A to Z Sports Pick Show. Joe Rexrode of The Athletic and 1025 The Game. It has been an excellent conversation. And you two used to uh, survive the adversity that technology has put in front of you. God help producer Reed when he tries to put a graphic on this later. For as much <laughs> as the boxes have been shuffling around, I do not envy you, buddy. But, boys, I appreciate the uh, the, the work. And the uh, the Beastie Boys T-shirt, and I can't wait until ha- Rex Road's camera angle because he's doing it on this phone has slowly gone like up throughout the course of the podcast. So I can't wait till his name bar is just covering everything but his eyes. It's gonna be a really uh, good look for you. Well, I feel I feel like he's grown taller, like he's like seven foot four now by the end of this podcast. Yeah. It's fantastic, man. And the you angle know the just key. continues to stretch. Look, <laughs> the higher the angle, the less the double chin show. See, that's the whole key. That's yeah. a veteran move right there. That's a pro. It doesn't work when I'm all I'm looking at is your goddamn forehead. That doesn't, that's not how I, that's not how this should go down. Get the hell out of my zoom. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. It's going to do it for us today on a, another edition of the six one five sessions podcast 
On the way out the door, a quick reminder that DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook app. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to win $150 in site credits. All you got to do is download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code A2ZSports when you sign up to have a shot at claiming $150 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $150 in free credits in addition to your wager cashing. That's promo code A to Z Sports for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. So we are, well, I am off for 4th of July week, the week after 4th of July. So this will be our last podcast for some time. I know we've been in and out during the summer, but after we return from the July 4th week off, we will be full go through the rest of the football season and well into the fall and, you know, next summer because the content machine keeps rolling along. So subscribe, rate, and review to the A to Z Sports podcast feed where you get this podcast every Tuesday and many, many great offerings, many exciting things. Coming for you on the horizon as A to Z gets ramped up for football season, and I'm excited to be a part of it for another year to come. In the meantime, stay clean, stay safe, and as always, Nashville, stay hot. This has been the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast, powered by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford, and brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.